Hello, I'm Dr. Shante Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, and this is your truth for the week. We're exploring questions this year, and the question that comes up today is, how do I achieve peace and financial security? Well, I had the opportunity to be interviewed by Sabrina Victoria, and we're going to go ahead and take a listen to that interview. Yo, there's a lot more than just the financial security that's there, but it is that peace, not only financial peace, but emotional peace that we are exploring. It's a little bit longer than normal, but enjoy the message. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Hello, and thank you for joining us today for this episode of Her Version. We have had over 400 women grace this beautiful stage, and we have another one here today. If you are watching us live, thank you so much for being here and for jumping on. If you are watching us on the replay, make sure you are hashtagging a replay wherever you're watching us at so we can send you some love. No matter where or when you're watching us, if you could do us a huge favor, if you could share this video wherever you are watching us at so that we can get more eyes and more ears on this awesome content that we are about to share today. So this is the Her Version platform. We are built on storytelling, the understanding that many times our greatest learning experiences come from listening to other people's stories. Today, I'm speaking with an amazing woman named Dr. Shante Haynes. Dr. Shante empowers women to confidently live life with peace and financial security. Through her Amazon best-selling books, coaching programs, and keynotes, she equips with biblically-based resources from her experience and degrees in engineering, theology, and Christian counseling. She balances logic and faith, known as the Performance Excellence Coach, and biblical money management expert. Yes, she simplifies complex problems and creates actionable and effective solutions with sustainable results. To succeed in these challenging times, individuals and organizations turn to Dr. Shante to provide strategies that work as CEO and founder of Heart to Heart Truth Ministries and Heart to Heart Truth Foundation. Her mission is to help you put your feet uh, to your faith so that you can walk victoriously. Yay. Welcome, lady. How are you? I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me here. I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to sit down with you and hear all of the things. Um, such a beautiful, beautiful soul. And, um, you know, I so appreciate women like you who understand the importance of podcasting, of sharing stories, of sharing journeys, um, because a lot of times this, these are the things that really help people pull themselves out of their own darkness, out of their own challenges. It's just listening to somebody else say something just the right way where it hits them and they're like, oh, I can do that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So thank you for taking some time out of your day to sit down and relax with us. But um, I would love to kind of just open the floor to you. We love storytelling and we would love to know, you know, what, um, what is a challenge? What is a journey? What is a pivot that you have had in your life um, to get you to where you are now? Yeah, I guess I would say I would put it in this map. May boy, I can't even talk today, <laughs> so I know this is gonna be fun. But I would put it in the words of what happened? What happened to you that you have gotten to this particular point? 
And I always say, I was sitting in bed when the words, I want a divorce, cut me like a knife. My heart started beating, my eyes welled up, burning fire behind it. I was anxious, I was nervous. I had so many questions. And the biggest one was why? I had no idea. You know, we say that we get the rug pulled out from under us. I really did have the rug pulled out from under me. And the questions that I had, they never got answered. Was it somebody else? You know, was it something that I did? The, but the rejection, the hurt, the anger, and the shame, all of that was real. That's what got me to this point. And many people will say, oh, well, you know, so many people get divorced. It's no big deal. After 36 years, you know, when, they, when he was walking out the door out of that room, I was devastated. And yeah. most people don't want to get to the point or want to be as authentic and just say, hey, my life is in shambles right now. You read all of the accolades. And yes, I've got, I say I have as many degrees as a thermometer. I'm just getting close to it. I'm just not quite there. But it's really the crisis that a person has gone through that really lets you know what they can help you with. So I understand what it's like to have loved and lost. You know, we say, okay, we have, but, you know, we were, my divorce was final one month shy of 30 years. And we dated for six years before we got married. That was most of my life. And when your life then is turned upside down, there's a big step back that you take. It's like, well, what do I do now? That's where all the anxiety, the uncertainty, all of that comes from. And it wasn't like this was the only loss that was in my life. Our middle daughter passed away three days before her 11th birthday. So I had experienced that already. And it was like, what do you do? You're a leader. You're able to do all these things. You know finances. You're biblical money management. You can handle this. But still, the financial issue was a big issue. Yeah. And what I realized was that 90% of women that go through divorce or death of their spouse, they end up in poverty. That's what the statistics show. 97%? I, 90%. 90%. 90%. Because many of them don't know where the finances are. They usually allow their spouse to take over all of the finances. They don't know the taxes. They have no clue. And they don't know what to do. I've come in contact with so many recently that are like, I'm overwhelmed with all the paperwork. I just, I can't. And it's like, it's sitting in a corner because they're like, what do I do with this? They don't know anything about equitable distribution. They don't know what is, what is the, the, the way the world sees it to say, hey, we're going to divide it 50-50. Many of them go through a narcissistic relationship. And I know we throw that term around. But there are people out there that are manipulative. They are abusive. They do degrade you. They talk about you and they try to tell you, oh, I'm only going to give you this or I'm only going to give you that. And, you know, we're just at a loss. We as women are at a loss because we are built to sacrifice for everyone else and we don't take care of ourselves. Yeah. So my motto is my heart may be broke, but my bank account doesn't have to be. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sitting there like, no, what do I need to do? What do I need to know? And who can I help get through this as well? So that's exactly where I am. That's a piece of my story. I'm sure we'll talk about more. Oh, I love that. My heart might be broke, but my bank account doesn't have to be. Exactly. 
That is fan-freaking-tastic. So as far as your money management skills, you were already in that industry, it sounds like. Right. I was teaching um, biblical money management, and most of it I was focusing on our day-to-day, not the investment side of the story, but being able to handle your bills, making sure you give some, you save some, and you spend some. I usually, I mean, I try to simplify everything. If you put them in those three buckets, that's fine. Most of Americans don't even have $1,000 in savings. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? If someone then says, hey, you know, your spouse walks in and say, I want a divorce, I'm leaving, or they happen to die on you. And I think you had one, one guest on, Yvonne was like, you know, the shortness of life, you know, she was a widow and she's going, you don't expect it. What do you do? Yeah. And so they're not equipped. They're not prepared. Most people are living paycheck to paycheck. And I didn't want that to happen. But then when I recognized this devastation, this was a key group of people that are really having a major time with it because of the situation they find themselves in. Their life is just deteriorated in front of their eyes. And it's like, it's poof, gone. What do you do? Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that I'm really intrigued about as far as sitting down and having a conversation with you is this like dynamic of religion, Christianity, Bible, God, and money. Mm -hmm. And how that kind of links together. You know, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. And, um... You know, there's, there is a deep rooted concept of for real that money is evil or that you have to sell your soul to the devil in order to um, get any sort of success or have any sort of backing. It's a very humble paycheck to paycheck. Don't work too hard. Um, So where do you fall in that? How do you have conversations around that? Well, the actual passage says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Money is not evil. It's not good. It's a resource that we have and that we need in order to live life. So if you take a vow of poverty to say, oh, I'm not going to have, I'm just going to give everything away. How are you living? And so the whole point is we're supposed to live an abundant life. Jesus came and he said, He died for us to live this abundant life, not when we get to heaven, but while we're here on this earth. And because of that, our responsibility is to look like it. And I say this to a lot of my friends that are believers. I say, if we are broke, busted, and disgusted, why would the world want what we have? We have nothing to show them that's different. So it's not like you have to have an immense amount of money. Yes, you're going to give, but you also are supposed to be a good steward over what you have. So we talk about stewardship. In addition to that, the Bible also says a good man or woman leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Well, if I'm leaving something for my children and my grandchildren, that means I had to have something extra left over. So the abundance then is I'm passing it on. I don't want, I would tell people, I said, you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And then some people will say, well, I never even had the spoon. Well, you're right. Okay, we didn't pass it on. And a lot of times those financial tools are not given to our children. So then you bring in a woman who has been dependent upon her spouse. She's at a loss because she didn't get the tools from her family 
And now she didn't get the tools from the spouse and she goes into this place. And that's why 90% are in poverty when they go through it because they don't know what to ask for. Sometimes it's the emotional side of saying, hey, I want the marital home. Well, if you can't afford it, you say, no, you need to buy me out. I now have some money and I can use that to go buy something that is more reasonable that I can handle. So it's yeah. all those financial decisions that we need to make as individuals first, but then yeah. we have to be able to make it going through circumstances as well. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, there's a lot of, because of my background, as far as being a broke single mom, um, there's quite a few of those within our group. So I want to ask, you know, what is, what are some, one or two things that single moms specifically should be concentrating on? Because there's a lot, there's a whole plethora of things that we could be looking yes. at, right? there's books, there's chapters, there's all kinds. What's like one or two things, the, the top things that a single mother should really be honing in on to get her money right? First, I tell people, I tell everyone, get a budget. You gotta know your numbers. Doesn't mean that you have to look at it every single month or every single day. There are apps that are out there. There's spreadsheets. I happen to use a spreadsheet. and I give one away on my website as well. Just put it down. And that's why I said, here's the simple method. It's just a system that says what's coming in and what's going out. You've got to know your numbers. So if you have three buckets, you're going to give some, you're going to save some, and you're going to spend some. If you give 10%, say, and you save 10%, you have to pay yourself first. Most people don't, but you have to pay yourself first. That means you've got 80% left to spend. That's all your bills, whether they're fixed or they're variable expenses, all of that. You have to make sure you have those things in place, including credit card debt. We've got to get out of debt. You know, we say, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Stop owing. If you owe so much, you're going to always have to work for it. So instead, dial back some of those spending tactics that we normally do. The world today is going to the method of we're doing a subscription based, if you would. So it's just a minor nominal fee. You know, it's $10, $12 a month. It's no big deal. But that adds up. So the first thing that I usually say, yes, you're going to need a budget. But the first thing I say is look at your banking system. Is the bank to your advantage? Is that partnership working for you? If it's not, then switch banks. There are too many now that are charging you a nominal fee every single month. And I say, <clears throat> excuse me, I say, I don't pay anyone to hold my money because what the banks do is they hold your money and then they loan it to other people and they make money off your money. Yep. So if they're charging you a fee, $10 a month doesn't sound like much, but it's $120 a year. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a bill that you can pay with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So get the finances right first, but then as a single mom, because you specifically asked for that, as a single mom, what do they tell you on a plane? Put your mask on first before you help someone else, right? Mm -hmm. We don't take care of us. Build in some self-care for the, the single moms that are there. Build in that self-care. What do I mean by that? Does it mean it has to cost a lot of money? No. 
it could be a walk in the park that you just take a break for a moment. And, you know, you sit and you you look at a beautiful, at beautiful nature. You look at the water. I like water. Water calms me down. But any of that, you know, go to the movies on a Tuesday when it's $5. I think it's now $6. Go. But if you don't enjoy yourself, you're going to then resent everyone else. And it will come out in your action. It'll come out in the things that you do. And then what will normally happen as well is you start overspending to make up for or compensate for, I don't feel so well about myself and I don't get to do anything. So if you've got to do those little things and I'll do it like, I'll say it like Joyce Myers would say, eat the cookies and buy the shoes. If that's what you want, but you have to do it within your budget. Yeah. That yeah, definitely. Do you have any mindset little secrets that you can give us as far as trying to keep up with the Joneses. I knew one of the biggest oh. issues that I had, which just sounds so crazy thinking back now, but a single mom, no money, broke beyond broke, and still feeling this need to buy matching kitchen towels for my kitchen that nobody is going to come over and see because I have no friends nobody's hanging out with me and putting that on my credit card, which was like $12.99 at Walmart, but then not being able to pay the credit card off in mm -hmm. time. So then interest occurring over three months means I just bought $50 kitchen. Exactly. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And most people don't think about it like that, but that's exactly what happens. We have to learn how to use credit. But let me say this one one book, and I wasn't even planning on talking about this, so I'm glad you brought it up, though. But I did one study, um, and I came up with what I call biblical financial personalities. And those personalities, they're in four different pockets, if you will, four different types. There's that STEAM personality, which you just explained. It's, it's the acronym for spend thinking emotionally about memories. Because we're emotionally, I want to do this. I want to be have friends. I want to make sure everybody is comfortable and everybody likes me. We're, approval addiction is there. I want other people to approve of me. And you end up overspending your budget, whatever it was, buying gifts or what have you. You've got to get out of that mode. So yes, there's a lot of tactics that you can do from that, but you can look back at your life and say, why am I doing this one? What is driving me? You know, and that gets into the deeper side of things so that you know that your actions don't have to stay the same. You can stop it. If you then do a budget, that's why I say that one tip is you pick something that you can do within your budget that you're going yeah. to enjoy. And then if someone asks you, like a friend of mine, it's March, so I guess it's the right time to even say this. We would call it March Madness. And it's not anything to do with basketball, but people will come out of the woodwork asking you for, I mean, just craziness. Hey, can you loan me X number of dollars? Because, you know, I'm going to get my uh, tax return soon. And they never pay you back. They're not doing it. Like, they're not going to be responsible, but they're asking you. And we just called it March Madness because it was the craziest things that they would come up with. Oh, my car broke down. Can I borrow $2,000? Oh, really? And you haven't talked to me in like 10 years? Why? You know, those types of things. But you have to recognize that you can say no. No is a complete sentence in those cases. But if it's that approval, 
recognize that you don't have to get approval from anyone else. It is not your responsibility to make sure they are happy with what you do. You're yeah. not. Yeah. Work within your budget would be what I would say. Work within what you have. And then if it goes over, hey, I have to wait till next month to do that one. That's Speaking of working within your budget, is that excluding credit cards then? Because credit cards would not be in your budget. What's your thoughts on credit cards? I I handle my credit cards a little bit differently than most. If you can pay it off immediately. I like credit cards better than I like debit cards. And I'm probably one of the few these days. But credit cards allow you to look over your charges before you pay them at the end of the month. So, you know, with a debit card, it immediately comes out of your account. So when all the fraud is going on, it's coming straight out of your account. You get locked out. Your money's gone. Well, with the credit card, I've got 30 days to look at that and make sure that it was right. But what I do with my credit cards, I'll charge it, but I pay it off 100% at the end of the month. So I have no interest whatsoever. Credit card companies probably hate me. But I put it on the credit card because I also get cash back from it. So I actually end up paying less than what that amount was for that particular item. So if you can handle that, I say you don't charge anything that you can't pay off at the end of the month. If you can pay it off, charge it and get the advantage. But if you can't, then don't charge it. Yeah. yeah. I do the same exact thing. Yeah. And yeah. even those that are out there now that will do... Oh, it's 90 days same as cash. You divide it up so that you're paying it in, say, 75 days instead of 90 because you never want to get quite to the end because if you do, they're going to add all of that interest on it. So you make yeah. sure you pay it off before that last bill comes. Yep. Fantastic. That's a financial fact. That's a big one. That is a big one. What... Um... What are some, in your arena of coaching, what are some limiting beliefs that you see a lot of individuals um, having to overcome when shifting the way they deal with their money? Well, a lot of it, um, because I do more of the loss transition, that financial piece is a portion of it. Uh, many times they don't understand how money works. And because of that, you know, it's a big block. But the biggest limiting belief that I see is more on the emotional side. I did this, I, you know, just like I said, even in my story, in asking the question of why, what did I do wrong? What can I do differently? And just like there are the five stages of grief, that bargaining stage is that big one. We get stuck. Women get stuck. And I say, you know, I take a three-pronged approach to that. You have to reframe your story. In other words, it's the way you see things. Life is happening for you, not to you. And so sometimes those detours, they actually do turn into the right destinations. The pain is, a, there's a purpose behind that pain to get you to another level because sometimes you are growing and they're not. Sometimes God's trying to get you to a whole different place and you don't recognize it. So that reframing of your story definitely helps. But then I secondly, you reinvent yourself because a lot of times we have been sacrificing for so long for so many people. We don't even know who we are anymore. Yeah. Part of us, we have it's our, you know, that version of me has expired is what I say. 
and we have to bury it. Some of it we have to bless and say, it was great. It was wonderful. Let's do this more. Some of it we bestow on others and we help others with it. So we reinvent ourselves. I like to say, you know, I didn't even like scrambled eggs, but I made scrambled eggs for everybody for so long. That's what I made. I like my eggs fried hard, you know, and you think about that and it's like, whoa, who am I? What do I like to do? That's the part that becomes a problem for us. And then we don't, we're not our authentic selves any longer. And then the third thing is I always say we have to reimagine our future. We're looking for the collateral beauty, not just the collateral damage. I can't decide how someone else is going to feel. I can't make them feel a different way, but I can control what I feel and what I do with what I have, the actions that I take. So I want to make sure that when I recognize that what left me was not greater than what was left, it changes the game. And so that's the, you know, the limiting belief that they have is I'm stuck because I can't do anymore. I can't achieve any longer. I can't succeed anymore because this is walked away from me. I am worthless. And I always tell the women, I say, you have to adjust your crown. You are a queen. You, don't, you recognize you are worth something. And I say, if you know that what you're bringing to the table, you don't allow someone to treat you like a napkin. So you say, hey, you walked away. It's okay. And I always tell them too, I say the best revenge is a life well lived. So when they walk away, live your life to the fullest. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it, it's time to get to that point. Yeah. Because we just think that person was the best thing that happened to me. And no, you were the best thing that happened to them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, when you recognize that, the whole game changes. I know. Yes. I would say stuff like that. You know, you know the 80-20 rule that you hear, Pareto principle, and they'll say like 20% of people do 80% of the work. Or in a in a relationship, you know, a guy will leave a, a woman for a woman that was giving him 80% for someone that only does the 20%. They look good, they're younger, or what have you. I said. Okay, you know the 80-20? I said, in my case, is 95-5. I gave you 95%. You're only going to find 5% somewhere else. That's yeah. your loss, not yeah. mine. Yeah. But so when you get to that point, that's when we are courageous now. That's when we are confident now. That's when we can yeah. live life on our terms. And that's what I want to see women do. Not give up, but say, you know what? My future is bright. There's more ahead of me than it was in the past. And yeah. that allows us to then continue to gain ground and help other women along the same path. I love all of that so, so much. Um, 95.5, that's great. Yeah, I know yeah. you probably thought I was crazy, but I'm like, nope, it's 95.5. I know what I bring to the table. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I, that was a lot of what I you know, thought of too when I was, even conversations I had with him straight up, you know, of like, good luck, but they don't get much better. So I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I want to ask, you know, because you've been through this journey. So I want to ask, you know, um, woman to woman, what were in areas of money that, you know, which is what we're talking about right now, what did you do a really good job at 
setting yourself up for? And what did you do not so good that like, if you could have done it over, you would have pivoted a little bit? Okay. True story. The real deal. I had three different attorneys. Wow. That's a lot of money. Yeah. The first one I called the piranha. I was not ready. Um, I was being forced to go into this and I thought the collaborative divorce was going to work for us, but it was not fun and I couldn't go forward and she kept all the money and she called me every name in the book because I didn't pay her. I didn't realize that in some instances, the attorneys are getting together and they're not um, having your best interest at heart. Okay. And that's one of the things that I make sure I say. If they're not giving you the best, fire them. You're paying them. Let them yeah. go, right? And so I think I stayed with that one a little longer than I should have, and it didn't help me. It kind of hurt. So I then took a step back um, when I decided, okay, I'm going to give you what you're asking for, but you're going to have to pay for it. That's what I said to him. You want it, you pay for it. You pay the cost to be the boss. No problem. So now I'm not going to be out any financial, any of the finances because of the divorce process, period. But that second one, the second attorney put me on my butt, honestly. When she quit, I, you know, I know from the detail side of my engineering degree, I knew all of the paperwork that I needed to turn in. I gathered everything from the first one. So I knew what to give them. I had given it to them. I don't know if it was a poor management on their part or not, but I was constantly calling on, where are we? Where are we? What's going on? I'm getting it from both sides. You know, he's going, well, why is it not finished? You needed to have your own attorney, that kind of thing. And I don't know what was going on with her. And it happened on April 1st, April Fool's Day. I'll never forget. And she was like, well, I can't handle your case anymore. So now I'm out another $5,000. The first one was ten. Okay, I'm at another $5,000. I'm going, what do I do? I got in the bed, honestly. I said, not, nah, I can't. So I binged watch on Netflix, you know, and a lot of us will do that. I binge watch. It lasted probably about eight hours because I was just like, I can't do this anymore. This is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It is a very disheartening experience. When they ask you questions that say, well, why don't you leave the house now? Is it because you can't afford anything else? No, I can't afford to leave. Really? You're going to slap me in the face with that realization too? So financially, you're, you're kind of stuck because you're like, what's it going to look like if I leave? I will make the wrong decision. Then they're going to penalize me for it later on. How do you balance all of that? That was yeah. the hard part. But I stayed the course. So the good thing that I did was I did not move. And I made sure the requirement of you still have to do all of what you had been doing before and taking care of the house. I made sure my attorney knew that. So I got a new one. And what I had gotten out of the second one was the skeletal of a settlement. Because I know finances, because I put my own equitable distribution together, because I knew what the law said that I could divide evenly. And, you know, in many cases, sometimes the, the soon-to-be ex will say, 
I don't want to have to give you any cash up front. Okay, no problem. That means I have to get it another way. You're either, either going to give me more of your retirement or something else that I'm going to get. That's the equitable distribution. That's what I did well. So I looked at it and I said, here it is. I, my settlement was 26 pages long. I was like, no, I'm not playing. You forgot you married an engineer. I know money. You're not going to get over me is really what I did well. What I didn't do so well was on the emotional side of it to say one and done, you know, having to go through three, that's very expensive. But I learned by the time I got to the last one to say, this is what I'm looking for. Can you handle this? How much is it going to be? And no kumbaya moments anymore, you know, because that's what the first one did. What are you going to do when this divorce is final? And I'm like, I just want to get through the process. Like, what is this? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But yeah. every attorney has a different personality. You have to be willing to work with the right personality. If their personality is not the same, you know, it's better for you to just leave and find somebody else early yeah. on in the process as opposed to waiting. So yeah. that's my ups and downs of the story. You know, it's not your typical, not your normal, but I see it too often with the emotional roller coaster as yeah. well as that financial roller coaster. Yeah. Definitely. And the emotions too can kind of get swayed by any friends or family that you're also talking to because they're sometimes riling you up just as much as far as go get them out. I cut them out. Oh, that's another good thing that I did too. I literally, I went down to two friends. I had one that was, I mean, both were supporting, hey, we really want this marriage to work and we're really not pushing you toward divorce, but they were not offering outside comments to say I don't like him or I'm not going to be bitter that's just not my personality but they weren't going against but I had an accountability partner make sure that my words are speak that I'm speaking are life and they're not death that I'm still being sought in life I can be a, a great example I still have two other girls I didn't want them to think anything negative either so I wanted to make sure that you know I was still on the up and up that people could still look to me as a leader. And I was not, you know, degrading myself. I'm not running around looking for love in all the wrong places. None of that. But someone that was going to encourage me, inspire me, enlighten me if I was missing something. And they didn't try to offer that. I did cut a friend out that was trying to say, go, go, you got to get this and you need this type of return. I'm like, I can't handle it. I couldn't. I was like, nope, cut him out. And one thing that I would even suggest for your audience, if you are going through that and you're dealing with the people that are saying that, I come up with a phrase beforehand for those un uncomfortable conversations. And you can either say, you know what? It's a tough time right now. Just pray for us. Or, you know, you can just say, I'm not interested in talking about it at the moment and move on. But if you don't prepare yourself ahead of time, you can get caught up in those conversations and people are just nosy. And you're like, you can tell them, I mean, if you just feel like it, you're being nosy, aren't you? Why are you meddling? It's none of your business. Something like that. You can do yeah. that too if you want to just be funny about it. But yeah, people will come out of the woodwork and you have to set your boundaries. Yeah. I'm not going to take that. I don't want to listen to that. 
You know, I shut people down. Well, you know, I really didn't like him anyway. Okay, well then let me get off the phone right now because I'm not going to entertain this conversation. Yeah. I love it. Setting those boundaries. Setting the boundaries. Setting those boundaries. That other big one, though, I will say, Sabrina, is looking for the collateral beauty, not just the damage. That is a big one that I have found because a lot of times we will say, oh, nothing good is coming out of this. Oh, it's just horrible. I had one client and she was like, you know, it's just so bad. And her countenance showed it. She was just really like going toward that depression stage. He's coming over to pick up the, the lawnmower and it's just so sad. And his son is going to be here and all that. And I said, well, what do you have that's good? Just go, like, oh, there's nothing. I said, do you get to sleep in the whole bed by yourself? She goes, yeah, you're right. And he used to snore. I said, you don't have to hear the snoring anymore. You're right. And I get to paint the wall the color I want. I mean, in two seconds, it was like an attitude change. Yeah. That I think is important for us to recognize that there is something that's still good in the midst of this crazy, you know, situation that you're in. There's yeah. something that you can take that's positive. So if we yeah. focus on that, then you're not depressed. You're not down. You're like, okay, it's still happening. I don't like it, but I can get past it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is that is the key, is finding the positives within your, um, within your journey or your, you know, your uh, challenge or that you're, uh, you're dealing with. Even though it seems a little awkward, I remember when I first realized, you know, being a single mom, and this unspoken thing that like no one really talks about but if both of you because I went a long time without his father being involved but then he did get involved when he was around 10 11 years old okay nobody talks about this but it's almost like getting a babysitter for free <laughs> yes that is one way to look at it Nobody talks about that though. It's always just like, woe is me and single mom and you know, broken families. But the positive is it's kind of cool because mm -hmm. he goes to his dad every other weekend and I get a free weekend. I mean, that's like a positive that you have to look at yeah. even amongst all of the not so good things. You get a break. Yeah. Whereas most of the time you wouldn't get a break. No. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Nobody really talks about that part. I want to take a moment to thank those that are watching live. Thank you Yay. so much for being here, for hanging out with us. If you are just popping on, we got, um, we were talking about some amazing things during this podcast. So I really do encourage you to go back to the beginning and watch it because phenomenal value and content information here that Dr. Uh, Shante is giving to us today. I want to ask though, um, for those listening live, obviously they're resonating with you, they're connecting with you, they're on board with you. Who should be connecting with you as far as your business? What exactly do you do? How do you help all the humans? And who should be reaching out to you for support? Well, honestly, I work with women for the most part because they're open to coaching and helping them, especially if you're just starting the divorce process. That would be 
one of the main things, but I do help you transition after loss, whether it is a divorce or it's death, because you know, you're now a widow. But I help you learn to live confidently on your terms with peace and financial security. So I deal with the emotional side. If you are going through a divorce, the biggest thing that I help women do as far as coaching them through the process is to make sure they get all of those pieces together. The emotional piece. I help them, like I said, reframe their story, reimagine themselves, and then reinvent who they are so that they know what they want out of it. I work with them to make sure they get their finances in order. We will do the equitable distribution. We will talk about estate planning as well. What do you do on the other side? Because there's more paperwork after the fact than there is before or during. And so there's a lot that goes in there. Uh, the emotional side on both for those that are going through divorce as well as those that are widowed, that emotional side of making sure you don't fall into depression. That is a big thing that I do. How do you transition triumphantly to make sure that you're going to be your best self and have all the pieces of your life put back together and it doesn't look like what you expected. But again, finding the collateral beauty within it and then being able to move forward. So for those women who are looking for that, those are the things that I do for you. I also have a coaching program after the fact called My Sister's Place where we meet every single week. And even on that, because what I found is a lot of women have gone through the divorce process and they're still broken because the process does not help you at all. But after the fact, it's like, I need to connect to a community where it's a safe haven. It's a sanctuary for me. It's a shoulder that I can cry on when I need to. One that will help me pick the pieces back up as I move forward. And so I make sure that they get the spiritual uh, foundation that they need. They get the intellectual property. We talk about the finances. We go through those in general. But in many instances, they also have a one-on-one -on -one with me as well to make sure that they are, theirs is customized to what they're doing. Um, and so I help them get through that as well. So anyone who is, like I would say, women uh, devastated by the double Ds, divorce or death, I help them gain confidence so that they can live life on their terms with peace and financial security. And where can people find you on social media? Where do you hang out? I hang out quite a lot of places. Definitely on Facebook under Shantae Haynes. You can find me there. I also have a group under uh, Facebook as well, which is Treasured Woman, supporting you uh, through transition of life, you know, sisters that are triumphantly tri transitioning. I'm also on Instagram under CTA Haynes. And then under LinkedIn, I've got a YouTube channel, Shantae Haynes. Just find me anywhere you are, you know, podcast. And I will say my podcast just did 3,000 downloads and I'm like, Whoa excited that one just happened so just want to make sure that I encourage as many people as possible and why do you do what you do I do it because I don't want to see women suffer I want to continue to empower them as much as possible that's the impact that I want to make I also want to leave a legacy that says we should adjust each other's crowns as opposed to kicking someone when they're down. Um, and if we as women come together as sisters and recognize that we can help someone else, they will then turn around and help someone on the other side. So it's not only for the impact and the influence, also the income as well, because that does help me live, right? We all got to live. So I make sure that I do the best that I can. I, I don't want to 
um, put people in a position where they don't have what they need. And I show them how to get there. And that's the biggest thing that I can do. That's why I do what I do. Well, I yeah. so appreciate you being here. I'm so thankful for this opportunity. I love this platform. I love the stories. Uh, I've been listening to several of the people that have been on your, your uh, podcast as well. So I'm excited about that. And, and prayerfully, I, I, I pray that I did help someone or encourage someone that is going through their journey right now. If you're thinking that, hey, I can't make it. I'm a living witness. I did make it through. It was a long time. And we see a lot more gray divorces today. That's divorces over 25 years, which really doesn't make a lot of sense. And people are devastated. You are not alone. And that's the biggest thing that I try to let women know that don't try to do it alone. I say, put the superwoman cape in the cleaners she, and leave it there. Don't even pick it back up. We don't have to be superwoman. Ask for assistance. Ask for the help that you need. And when you do, you'll find that you'll get a lot further faster. Yes. Well, I so thank you. This has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, for those of you that are listening live or on the replay, if you resonated with Dr. Shante and all the goodness that she shared today, make sure you um, check her out on her website, which is right above her head area and also in the clickable link below in the description, wherever you're watching us at. We love to connect people here on this platform in order to make sure that we all continue to rise. She's all over uh, social media. I'm assuming if you just Google up her name, she'll pop up in one way or another. It's definitely a unique game. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being so here. much. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time and appreciate your stories as well. Thank you for sharing so much with so many people and you're doing a great job. So I look forward to you rising even higher. Thank you. Um, this community here, uh, her version and the Her Nation platform is expanding every single day. We're filled with females who are striving to do better than we did yesterday. For those of you that are new to this podcast and like content like this, make sure you hit that subscribe button, follow, like, and share. If you have an amazing story to share, make sure you reach out to me at hernation.life. I am your host, Sabrina Victoria, and I'm so grateful to be here sharing a platform that allows people to share their truth and inspire others. Do something awesome today. Hi, thanks for listening and watching. And if you enjoyed what you've seen, make sure you subscribe, like, and share. And hit that notification button so you'll know the next time there's a new episode. Listen, as a result of my coaching program, my clients have experienced a calming of the emotional roller coaster. They have a compelling future, as well as the confidence and the know-how to achieve it and they have clarity on the financial tools that they need in order to live life on their terms and save tens of thousands of dollars. I'm looking for women who are devastated by the double Ds, divorce or death, who want to gain confidence to live life on their terms with peace and financial security. My question is, who do you know? Have them go ahead and book a call with me so that we can get to that compelling future. My heart may be broke, but your bank account doesn't have to be. It's our pleasure to offer free resources from grief to gain. Financial healing after heartbreak can be found at shantahaines.com backslash free dash gift 
or three secrets to overcome loneliness while grieving the life you expected at shantahaines.com backslash lonely and other financial wisdom and much, much more. Please visit shantahaines.com backslash free dash resources. You can find us online at shantahaines.com. That's C-H-O-N-T-A-H-A-Y-N-E-S.com. We are a division of Heart to Heart Truth Ministries and Heart to Heart Truth Foundation. At Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, we're helping believers live an abundant life based on God's word, standing on his promises, walking out his principles, sharing with God's people, serving as unto the Lord.